0: Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to have with me Dr. Jane Thomason, Chair of Kassai Holdings, a London-listed blockchain and Web 3.0 investment firm. She has been named by Thinkers360 as a top 10 global thought leaders and influences on health tech, sustainability, and crypto. She is the author of Blockchain for Global Social Change, and has been featured in multiple awards, including Top 100 Women in Crypto and Top 100 Fintech Influences for SDGs. She's a successful CEO and founder of multiple firms. And we'll hear about leadership in the digital age and her lessons learned along the journey. Dr. Jane, welcome and how are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Uh, wonderful. Um, we we have been uh, discussing just before the podcast began uh, where where you're located, but for the purpose of our audience, tell us, uh, Dr. Jane, where are you based?
1: I'm based in Dubai, and it's Lovely. a great place to be based.
0: So, you know, I'm based in the UK, and it's already cold and wintry, and how is it in Dubai at the moment? <laughs>
1: Come and join us. I just had to come up from the beach to do this podcast.
0: (laughs) I'm glad that you're here, uh, Dr. Jane. Uh, Thank you very much for being with us. Um, Very interesting profile. Lots of great things, which I'm very much aligned to uh, very close to my heart in terms of uh, social change, uh, blockchain technology and so forth. But keen to hear about you, Dr. Jane, tell us a little bit about your personal journey, you know, that intersection with that professional journey. Tell us a little bit more about that briefly.
1: Well, right from an early age, there were two things that were important to me, and one was actually doing something to contribute to Developing countries and helping poor people, and seeing how I could contribute there. And then, aligned with that, was a very strong desire to travel, and those have stayed with me for a very long time. And for for much of my life, I actually worked in healthcare, mainly in emerging economies. Uh, I lived in Philippines, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and travelled to many more. I did uh, work in the Australian healthcare system for about three years, um, and then I pivoted to blockchain in 2016 2017 and started a completely new career
0: amazing and what what actually prompted you to uh, pivot to blockchain and and so forth was it just the trends that was happening in the uh at, at at the time
1: no I think it was two things one was that you know I had my own company which was very successful and I'd sold it to an American firm and I had a four year workout period with them. So I was really ready for a change. Um, And then uh, my son actually told me I needed to learn about blockchain. And I started trying to understand it in 2016. And then I wasn't really interested in the crypto side of it or Bitcoin. What I saw was the transformative potential of this technology for things like financial inclusion, identity, humanitarian, healthcare supply chains, agricultural supply chains, property registration. And and I just sort of had an aha moment and I went, actually, if we could get this and other technologies to scale with the mobile revolution, so more than 70% of the world's population have mobiles, you can actually change the lives of people. So I decided that's where I wanted to spend um, the rest the next phase of my life let's say
0: amazing i um, keen to hear a little bit more about that so um, what what so what specifically do you do you do in this space um, you're a successful CEO and founder um, how are you bringing all of that to life in front of uh, businesses the social environment and so forth
1: well, look, like everything, it's a journey. <clears throat> so I have to say in 2017, when I started getting out in front of people and talking to them and trying to persuade them that this was important, that two things were going on. One was that that was the era of ICOs in blockchain when everyone was making huge amounts of money. So most people were interested in money, not about social impact, and no one was talking about social impact. And then the sort of international and global agencies they really hadn't caught on to this yet. And, you know, people say blockchain, and they think it's something bad. And and they'd be just saying, get out of my office, don't come and talk to me about this. So it was pretty tough, frankly, in those days. But what I found was two things. One is I started writing about it, because that's my way of ensuring that I understand things. Because if I write it down, and I'm trying to tell someone about it, I need to understand it. So I started writing on LinkedIn and people started connecting with me and, you know, I guess they believed or they resonated with the things that I was saying. Um, And then uh, I found at conferences when I was speaking, people would come up to me afterwards and go, that's so interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Can I help you? So I guess I felt more confident that I was on the right track and, uh, So, you know, I did a couple of things at that time. I I wrote a book uh, with a couple of colleagues on blockchain for social transformation, which was to try and share that perspective with people. And then I I acquired a company in London that did blockchain and FinTech education and training and ran London Blockchain Week and London FinTech Week and um, similar things in other countries like Hong Kong, India, Africa, and different places which was um, going really great until uh, March 2020, when we all got locked down. So that was a (laughs) short-lived career change. And then I got locked into Australia for a couple of years. But, and that was not an experience that I enjoyed, but I guess the couple of things happened during those two years. One was that I really focused on learning about decentralized finance because I hadn't really focused so much on the digital asset side of it. And I I invested in a digital assets um, analytics company, a DeFi analytics company. And I said, look, I'll invest, but I want to work with your team so I can learn all about this. So I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, I wrote another book (laughs) on applied ethics in a digital world. Actually, I wrote two books during COVID. I forgot about that. One was my personal journey. Um, And, then I did a lot of webinars. And so one of the things with COVID is you became closer to people. So people that you probably couldn't have met before COVID became really accessible to everyone. So, you know, my network, even though it was big already, it really grew and my access to people grew. So that was, that was a good thing um, in amongst the less good things. And uh, But I, I didn't like being locked into Australia, so I uh, escaped in October last year and came to Dubai. And so as a result of all that knowledge and all that investment in writing and different things, um, people, C-suites, banks, different organisations want to learn about this and they want to learn about it from, you know, kind of trusted people who have some credentials Mm -hmm. um they don't necessarily want to learn about it from you know kind of 25 year old guys with tattoos nose rings and a black hat so there's there's a lot of demand you know for people to learn from someone uh you know he's got a track record and academic qualifications so i'm finding i get a lot more requests for that kind of education
0: yeah it's it's such an important aspect right when we talk about you know you mentioned about digital assets and um you know, we we have gone really digital. And I know there are different versions of digital or definitions of digital, but um, you know, Dr. Jane, you're you're a you're a leader in your own right. I mean, you're you're an entrepreneur, you've built companies, you're an author. Um, when we talk about leadership um in the digital age, what what does that actually mean to you and in the eyes of An entrepreneur who is building digital assets or.
1: Well, look, I think, I mean, I think the whole point about leading is you have to be out there leading. Like, Mm. you don't teach leadership or write about leadership, you show leadership by what you do. And so, you know, I think that's the really important part um, of my journey is that I didn't wait for someone to ask me to start showing the way, if you like, about uh, blockchain and, and other technologies and sustainability and social transformation. I just, you know, it takes courage. I just had the courage to get out there and start talking and writing about it and supporting companies that I felt were, you know, building the right kinds of products to create social change. And I think that So that's one aspect of leadership. You need to be out in the front. You need to be out in the front in terms of your thinking, and you need to be out in the front in terms of your action. And I I think you need to be courageous in that, especially in this area, you're really in many cases going against the grain and against the traditional leaders. Um, I think the other aspect that's really important to me about leadership that I've learned all my life is that I think you have to be trustworthy and you have to have good values and you have to show those values to people and then good people will follow you. Um, and I've certainly learned that. And then in terms of digital, you need to be very fast and you need to be you know, gathering lots of information all the time because the growth of technology is exponential. And if I think about, you know, where I was when I started in 2017, what I now now know and what I'm thinking now, you know, we're we're out there in the metaverse now and I didn't even hear that word in 2017. So you've got to be really fast and be kind of finding ways to move with where the technology is going.
0: Yeah, I I completely completely agree, and you know, metaverse is is the key word <laughs> these days, um, all encompassing. And and you're right in terms of the pace and you know, change, growth. Uh, you, you, we are in this exponential age, in essence, right? So, um, and and there's, and there's if you're
1: a of... leader, you can't wait and see. That's the point. There's not. It's not maybe like before you could go, well, we're going to consider this strategy or that strategy. Your entire industry could be completely disrupted if you're not actually ahead of that wave. And so you can't, you don't have that luxury of waiting. You need to see where the trends are going and you need to, if it's impacting on your industry, you need to move with it.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's that exponential change and, you know that pace of change and where companies and leaders are and you know there's that chasm um uh, you know it's 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 that gap that needs to be filled um and and you know all of the insights and all the things that you've just described um would definitely help leaders but you know just coming coming to you dr jane tell us um do you have any any stories or any experiences that you that you want to share that comes to your mind as uh you know, as a leader in like in your current state or you know, previously, that has resulted in a highly positive outcome.
1: Well, I'll actually go back a bit in time, but you know, because I think it kind of demonstrates all of the aspects of what what you need. What are the skills and the attributes you need in leadership? So this was some time ago, and I was actually working in Australia, and I had. I'd left uh, the Asian Development Bank in Manila and I'd been about, not very long, I'm gonna say six months maximum in a job as Director of Women's Health in Queensland, Australia. And uh, there was a big restructure going on and my unit was dismantled. So one afternoon we heard the unit was dismantled and we were sort of commiserating and I came in the next morning and the deputy director general came down to see me and he said, Oh, look, we, uh, I mean, we know your unit's dismantled, but we're wondering if you'd like to be a CEO of one of our new districts. And uh, I thought, Oh no, he's going to try and send me out to the country or something. I can't do that. I've just moved from the Philippines. And he said, you know, the children's hospital. And I just went, I've never run a hospital. Like mm-hmm. I don't know the first thing about hospitals. And I said, look, I've never run a hospital. And he said, I know, but we thought you'd be good. And I said, is there anyone that I can talk to about this? Huh. And he said, yes. He said, it's all top secret because it's a cabinet level appointment, but you can ring this woman and talk to her. Anyway, I, but the decision was gonna be made over the weekend. So I rang her up and I said, look, this is what they've asked me to do. Uh, you know, what do you think? And she said, look, it's so bad, you can't make it worse. And so I thought, okay. I'm there. And so I I accepted that. And so, you know, I really went into a very big job. The hospital was way behind budget. You know, it had so many problems. And, you know, I just set about, first of all, to kind of educate myself and understand how hospitals worked. And I had a couple of um, confidants, if you like, I'd ring up and go, why do hospitals use steam? And, you know, things (laughs) like that, that are well known (laughs) to people who run hospitals. And then, know, I went and talked to all of the different, the doctors and the nurses and the wardsmen and, you know, the different um, categories of employees and so forth to try and understand what the problems were. And then, you know, very quickly, I made an assessment and then I set about taking steps to be able to address it. But in the first year that I was there, we did a major restructure, we shut units, um, we raised money to build a, a new wing for the hospital and bought it back on budget. Uh, but it was a huge uh, test of courage and nerve and you know just the ability to be able to see what drove people. So why I was able to get the confidence of the staff mm-hmm. was because they were afraid the children's hospital would be eaten up by the adult hospital, which is something that happens. Um, and so by being able to understand that was the most important battle, help help them achieve that, get the money for the new building so the hospital would have its own independent position going into the future, I was able to bring the teams and the different professionals around me and support it. So it was really tough, but I guess it's, that's just to say, you know, you can take on a really big challenge mm-hmm. and you can overcome it, but you need to really listen to people and understand what's important to them, and then lead them in a direction that makes sense for them and makes sense for the organisation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you mentioned, you know, one word there, listen to people. And then you also engaged and brought in other people to the whole mix. And you're asking for you're, you're asking for support, in, in essence, as well. Uh, because you're not, People are not always experts in everything, right? So you bring the whole team together, and that's that. That is big parts of leadership as well. Um, you know, Dr. Jane, you're you're a you know I view you as a global leader. You know, having lived in different countries, you know, you've you've got uh, uh, you know businesses across uh, stakeholders and so forth. But you know, we are going through different cycles of. Uh, economic shocks or you know we've gone through pandemic and that still continues in one version or the other Uh, what are you hearing or experiencing as challenges from businesses as a result of this or leaders
1: oh uh, look there's so many well there's so many challenges and in the whole digital asset industry at the moment there's been a major collapse of the second biggest um crypto exchange in the world and this is having um, you know, snowball effects all around the uh, the uh, business of of crypto and blockchain, and so people have lost a lot of money and they're really depressed at the moment. And so it was really quite interesting because I I was either emceeing or speaking at three conferences in London ten days ago when this was all rolling out, and. Uh, The first one was investing in digital assets. And this was when the entire industry was collapsing. And I I actually uh, spoke to my daughter and I'm saying, what am I going to do? How am I going to open this conference on investing in digital assets when the biggest exchange has just had this huge collapse? And she said, mum, I think you need to be like the queen of England in the time of a crisis and just be that stable influence, just tell people it's going to be okay and we have to weather the storm and that that the industry will survive, that, you know, the people who probably shouldn't be in the industry will either go to jail or they'll, or they'll fall away. And, and I think that was good advice because if you're a leader in an industry and the industry's having a major meltdown, you need to be that voice of reason and confidence, not falsely blowing up uh you know at your ambition and your optimism, but just steadily saying, this industry's strong, it's solid, we're going to overcome. Some people are going to suffer, but we're going to rebuild. So that's that's the kind of message that, you know, over the last two or three weeks I've been giving people, but also the thing that I then you know, I find very valuable is because I'm traveling from country to country, I can bring them new knowledge, you know, in in Britain, I could bring them new knowledge from other countries and to here, I can bring them new knowledge about what's going on in Britain or the Commonwealth or, you know, at the G20. So, you know, that's knowledge that I have that a lot of people don't have. But I I just think you have to give that message that, you know, the world has not come to an end as it didn't during COVID either. I think we had shocking leadership during COVID, but I think that's what leaders have to do. Mm
0: So I'm curious and you've probably mentioned this already but uh, share with us one thing that's your secret formula to your success.
1: Reframe. If if there's one thing that I have learned to do and I think if everyone can learn to do it which is all throughout any kind of business career you're going to have failures, you're going to falter, you can have big disasters, you can't hang on to that. You've got to go, oh, like, I've just had this crisis, I need to now reframe, I'm I'm not going to be doing that, whatever I thought I was going to be doing, let's just quickly reflect on that and understand what it was that I did that was wrong about that, now let's reframe and move on. And that ability to be able to change your paradigm really quickly, quickly assess what were the mistakes that were made there and make sure you don't make them again and then leave it behind. I think that's, you know, honestly, I'm so grateful to be able to do that because you just keep on moving on with new optimism and new plans um, and you can keep driving organizations or industries forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So with, with uh all the changes that's happening in the in you know globally uh, with businesses in your view um especially from a digital perspective uh, what are some of the important topics or trends on your mind these days that you feel impact people businesses leaders boards for example what do they need to be focusing on um, so that they can be even be more successful
1: Well, I think what what is super important is that the boards need to be leading the thinking about digital and they need not to leave it to the CTO or the CIO because they need to understand it. They need to understand the consequences because, I mean, one of the areas that I write and think about a lot is digital ethics. And if you're working in an industry where you're using algorithms to make decisions about whether people get loans or whatever it is, then you run the risk of um, having an algorithm that can, you know, kind of discriminate against whole groups of people in the hundreds and thousands and millions. So the board needs to be aware of that. The board really needs to understand the cybersecurity challenges, which are only going to get bigger and stronger um, than they have been. The board needs to understand that data is the new world, data is the new economy and how they can deploy and use that data for the future of their business. And I do think that that, uh, boards need to understand around what decentralized services that are underpinned by blockchain can do and are already doing to their industry. And then finally, because it is very topical at the moment, But it is going to be important is this idea of the metaverse, which I don't think anyone's really described fully what it is, but it is an immersive experience where you're going to be able to do many things, whether it's socialising, playing games, whether it's shopping, whether it's seeking healthcare, whether it's getting education, this is going to be the future, some version of that. It'll be a mobile-enabled version. We won't all be wearing Oculus goggles. And it's Gen Z and Gen Alpha who are your future customers. So you have to understand them. You don't have to understand me or you. You have to understand Gen Z and Gen, Gen Alpha. And they want it now on their mobile phone and they want to have a say about it. And they care about the planet. So they'll want to make sure that you you're taking appropriate green steps or you know whatever it is around esg so they're a very different consumer than mm. the consumers of your past you must get to know and understand them because they will make or break your future
0: yeah it's it's such an important aspect in terms of the focus of the board i mean like i you know as a uh as a chartered director you know i I basically promote ethics into the whole mix. That's one aspect. But you also touched on very important things like, you know, these business topics such as data or technology or ESG or metaverse or digital assets. The whole topic around this needs to be driven from the board uh, within, inside. And not just leaving it to one of those executive management teams to go and do it, because we are. I mean, the board has got a big role to play in it, and I, I, you know, it's interesting. I, one of the conversations I had with a board just recently was their level of maturity on this, and they they don't have that maturity. The digital thinking, not there, no. not in most board no. boards, not there. And they need to bring that into the agenda of the of the board, but also have the right people to support them with it as well, and then integrate that strategy so that they can be talking the talk, as well. And you mentioned, but one of the critical things, metaverse. I mean, like it's it's best to actually get in front of it now, as opposed to, well, that's just yet another word, <laughs> you know. And uh, and yeah, and it's not, it's super yeah.
1: important. You're right. And and even this morning, I was talking to someone because I talk a lot to the banking and financial services industry. And we were just, you know, talking about a traditional bank going digital. And this guy started a digital bank in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And he's saying what people don't understand is you don't need all of that old school infrastructure anymore. Yeah. You can basically do all of this in the cloud with sort of X as a service, providing whatever it is that the bank needs to do. And that's a like a massive new thought bubble for people who come from the banking and finance industry. And so, you know, the it's a bit like that notion of leapfrogging. Yeah. What, what he was saying is, you know, like this company we're talking about is a traditional bank, but their future can be completely different and you don't need to build up that IT infrastructure to get there. You just leap straight into the cloud. And I think it's those revelations, those envisioning what those possibilities are and having people come in, who can explain it to them, but who've also had the experience of how to do it. Because yeah. it's one thing being able to say, here's a possibility, but you need someone who can help you execute. Yeah,
0: wonderful. Um, what does a day in the life of uh, Dr. Jane look like morning to evening?
1: <laughs> I, I really hate not being busy. So <laughs> I get up early. I read all of my emails. I go to the gym. Then I uh, try and, have as many appointments as I can during the day and do as much as I can until the day comes to an end and then I don't want to speak to anyone and I want to go to sleep it's a bit <laughs> like that
0: <laughs> okay no wonderful i can i can work with that <laughs> um we're coming to a close Dr Jane uh, any closing messages or a challenge to other executive leaders or boards aside from the things that you just mentioned that you want to share here
1: i think that the, the challenge i'll put you know to the people who are listening to you is this notion of unlearning
0: mm-hmm. because
1: we've been i'm just on a, i'm just on a call um sorry that's okay people coming in just we're nearly finishing mm. um this is this is the this is the new world uh yeah i think it's this notion of unlearning because we've been brought up in centralized systems we've brought up to think that governance structures and and everything is centralized. We've got to understand that it's different. We've got to understand there are new careers, there are new opportunities, um, and really set aside the framework that we grew up with.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Um, Thank you very much, Dr. Jane, uh, for being with us today, sharing your insights, a great challenge, sharing your journey as well. Thank you very much.
1: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.
0: Wonderful. Okay. Bye. Thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode, where we will hear from the CEO and the chair of a global business matchmaking company. Stay tuned. Cheers. Hey, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. You're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listen to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader, and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur, and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses, created high impact boards, and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from a medium sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes i want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you there are multiple ways we can work with you number one click the link for a free non-obligatory 60 minute initial strategic session Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakeable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity, and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.